Assistive technology can feel scary for both parents and teachers. That's exactly why I brought Lucy to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and I'm excited to chat all things AAC, assistive technology. Should you be using it? Should you not be using it? How do you start using it? We're going to cover all of that. So Lucy, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right. So we start the same way every episode. How did you end up at an IEP table? Um, so I really had a passion for um, special education for a couple of reasons. One being my own upbringing, like I was an IEP kid. Um, so I saw my mom having to go through the process with me and my sister as well. Um, and we happened to be at a uh, private school we are getting. So we we're getting special education services through the public school in our private school. Um, and because my, I was, I had an IP mainly for anxiety and OCD. And my mom saw, fought for me to get an IP because she saw it affecting uh, my education. And she really wasn't taken seriously. So we're like, oh, it's just, it's just anxiety. It's just OCD. And my mom's like, yeah, but it's having a huge impact on her. So I saw her really advocating for my, for myself um, and my sister. Um, so I got interested in special education because of my own experience. And then also um, in about like the sixth grade, I had our school had gone to an early intervention preschool and we um, were doing like work in their garden and they let us go into the classroom. And I saw the classroom. I was like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, I, so my mom, my parents were happy because I didn't change my major 10 times like my sisters. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, I, it's, it's just kind of, grown from there and I've been um this is my eighth year teaching at the same school and the same program and it's like could not be a, a match made in that like it's a perfect fit I love it it's, uh, like we don't hear picture that myself very often this. we don't hear that very <laughs> often okay so the fact that a you've been a teacher for eight years been in the field for eight years of special education that doesn't happen very often anymore yeah and you're at a place that you love. So I love that. But you know what? It hasn't always been easy for you. I know we were chatting Ooh. earlier. You know, you're you're obsessed with assistive technology. And I love that. I love that you're bringing this fresh perspective to, um, you know, AAC and just going beyond some of maybe what we call the 1980s version of education in there. So share with me a little bit about how you started to work with AAC and some of the struggles that you had. So when I first started it, um, my speech therapist at the time, she wasn't really on board with it. It wasn't her thing. She was nearing the end of retirement and she just really couldn't be bothered with it. Um, so my assistive technology practitioner or lead ATP from the district, she knew the situation and she knew that the students I had needed it. So she basically sat me down and trained me and gave me the software and the licenses to everything that I needed to do and just kind of took matters into my own hands. And it definitely was not easy because I basically was like learning this brand new language and I'm not a speech therapist. <laughs> um, but also for me at the beginning, and I know a lot of SLPs struggle with this, like the buy-in really wasn't there for me. Like I knew they needed it, but like, I was like, this, this isn't going to work. Like, yeah. So let's, so let's talk about that. So you're a teacher and your gut is saying like, 
my students need more. They need some, some technology. And, and you start, you know, researching it and looking at it, your SLPs not on board. Got it. So I think some of the, the struggle comes from like, when do you know that you should start pursuing this? Like what kind of was that feeling or tipping point, or maybe a, like an example of like, I saw my student doing this and I knew something else would help. Can you give us kind of a, a visual yes. perspective of what was happening? Yeah. So the student in particular at the time where like, I knew I needed something more is like simple visuals just like weren't cutting it. Like you could tell she was like trying to communicate and she was getting so frustrated. We were seeing so many behaviors because she couldn't communicate. And I was like, we need something more than just visuals, like something more complex and something more robust. But I didn't know what our options were. And that's when I turned to her SLP and she's like, eh, no thanks. And so that's when I went to the ATP and they're like, oh yeah, we'll hook you up. We'll get this system started. And then I just kind of, went crazy with alcohol. It just exploded in our room. Like you get a device, you get a device, everyone gets a device. Cause like, I sometimes like our ATP, our speech therapist was like, pump the brakes. Like, do they, I was like, yes, they need it. Everybody needs it. And I think too, that's where, um, some of my, some of my students' parents, they might struggle with accepting it a little bit too, is because, you know, when we look at all calm, we're looking at it. Some people focus on it being that this is going to be the student's main form of communication for the rest of their life. Like this is their main piece of communication. But for some students, it's really just to bridge that gap. So like I'll get students who might have select mutism. Like I've heard that I had a student that spoke English and French. Like he can talk. I've heard him talk to his mom, comes to school, completely shuts down. Okay, that's fine. Then we need to give you a different means of communication. And so when we introduced that device, that parent was like, no, he can talk. He doesn't need this. And I was just like, just wait, it's going to promote that language. And sure enough, it did. And same thing with students, you know, that may or may only have one or two or three words and the parents are like, oh, well, I understand them. So they don't need that. It's also devices are also used to promote that language. And we had talked about before, like, then we get them promoting that language and the parents like, where's the off button? Make it stop. They won't shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is yeah. what we do though. Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, that's what I was sharing. You know, my my brother with Down syndrome, you know, he does not have extremely clear language all the time. He speaks very broken sentences, you know, one to three word phrases. And I'm thinking, you know, like, gosh, technology would have been so great. I mean, because he made it mm -hmm. so far, you know, he, like, he, you know, my mom, same thing. Somebody would say, you know, like, Robert, you need to be quiet. My mom says, I paid a lot of money <laughs> and I advocated a lot <laughs> to get those words. Like, don't tell them to be quiet. Uh, but I think about how much further we might be along. And I know that it's not too late and yes, we can introduce it, but it takes buy-in in a lot of different ways, especially when somebody is older. So I love the fact that you're looking at this, at, you know, specifically in the younger years. So yes. So let's have a huge, yeah, yeah I was, yeah, was going to say, I was, I'm like, we got so much, we got so much. Let's talk about some things that I want, you know, um, everybody to hear. So if you were to give some takeaways of like everybody in the IEP team needs to know these couple of things about AAC. So it doesn't feel scary to them, or they know, you know, maybe what a next step is if their gut is saying something different. Let's roll through some of the things that you want people to know. I would say first and foremost, trust the process. I know it can be as far as like, if you're a special education teacher and this, and uh, your SLP or ATP comes in with like this giant eye gaze device, it's overwhelming. And like, 
you as a special education teacher aren't necessarily the one that's like going to be programming that device, um, but it can be scary. And so don't be afraid to ask for help. And when you do ask for help, trust the process because that's not going to ha happen overnight. Just like it's like learning a new language or learning to read or learning to talk. Kids don't learn to talk without listening to you. Kids don't learn to read without you teaching them or showing them how to read. It's the same thing with the device. You need to teach the students how to use it. Um, and sometimes you'll get students that like, they just come in and if it's like, uh, say like Pearl Code to go, they're just like, beep, boop, 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 and they're like, they get it. Some kids, it takes months to like navigate that or like, hopefully in the beginning you, you pair them with the right device but sometimes it's a, you have to go between two different devices or like choose which is the right one so just trust the process and then don't be don't overthink it because that's like the biggest thing too is when I go back to like you got this device and you're scared of it and you're like well how do I use it you just you talk like you would normally talk except as you're talking you're pressing buttons or modeling buttons that's really all it is it's very simple and the more you do it the more just like any other language the more fluent it could become like my assistant always jokes when I'm up there like teaching we have like a giant core board that we use during whole group and I'm just like uh, just tell like people what a core board Tell, tell, so, okay. We have parents and teachers that are listening. So, so I'm like, oh, jargon. Tell us what, tell us what you mean by that. So you've got this big board. What, what do you mean by that? So the way core board is a symbol based OGCOM and you can, you'll see them in education purposes. You'll, you'll see them in low tech and high tech and low tech, meaning it's essentially just like a board. Um, and it has different symbols and the layout of it is done strategically for motor planning. They're color coded, like we use the Fitzgerald key. There, it's, there's all science behind it. Um, but for simple terms, it's basically just a board with the symbols on it. And that's what they would touch to communicate. So a core board for low tech, you're gonna have your main core board and that's typically your high frequency words, like your verbs and that sort of thing. And low tech usually has fringe, which is the like more low, lower frequency, like nouns and stuff and categorical type things. And those are at top. And then you manually flip through that. Whereas on a higher tech device, which the ones we most frequently see in education are like the systems are Lance, Proloco to go and Snapcore. Um, your main like home screen is essentially the core board. And then as you hit like different folders and navigate to different parts, that would be more like the fringe type vocabulary. Um, I love so yeah, it. I kinda, that's good. So I, and <laughs> here's the thing, like if that just went way over your head as a, as a listener, just know that we'll put some links below there. You're going to be able to reach out to Lucy. Yes. There's so much, like you can go down the Google rabbit hole for like ever on figuring it all out. Just know that there are experts that know this. There are teachers that are figuring it out. Just know that there are resources. So the fact that you even just built that foundation by listening here, like that's, that's putting you ahead of, of finding what solutions are out there. So just core board, you want to start, start Googling that and see yes. how those work. All right, <laughs> what else you got for us? What else do, does an IEP team need to know? And when I say IEP team, everybody, you guys know, I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about parents, teachers, admins, therapists. So what do you want everybody else to know about AAC? It is 100% a team effort. Um, a lot of the times I know like, you see educators, oh, the speech therapist is coming, get their device out. Like, no, it's supposed to be out at all times. 
And as parents, like, you know, I love when parents are like just honest with me because we get it. Like you're at home, you're in survival mode. It's after school, it's after work. You can't, I know you can't always like use it 24 seven, but like parents will tell me like, oh, we just leave it in the backpack. We don't use it. Um, and I'm like, thank you for being honest, but let's work on that. Um, so what I mean by it's a team effort, it's gotta be used on all fronts. So in the classroom, not just in speech therapy and at home. Um, and there's, a couple ways to go about doing that. My, what I find the easiest way to do it is just to make things more accessible is if you have that main core board with like the content fringe of whatever, like for the bathroom, just print that out, stick it, laminate it and stick it in the bathroom. And simple as that. So then you don't have to worry about, oh, where's the device? Is it charged? Like, can you go find it? Oh, it's under Johnny's bed. Like it's right there. So you don't have an excuse. That's an amazing strategy, you guys. Did you guys catch up? Like, I want to make sure that they hear what you're saying. (laughs) You can combine high tech and low tech together. That's what, that's what I'm hearing is you're like, it's a team effort Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, so mom and dad, if you guys don't want to like carry the device into the bathroom and it's all a hassle and we got to do these things, like let's print out some tools and do that. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, and also too, and like, that's why I always do. Everyone's like, I don't want to bring the iPad into the bath. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not asking you to do that. So that's a lot of times too, why I do have low tech in the bathroom because it's the bathroom, accidents happen. And like, if it's just a laminated piece of paper, we can just wipe it right off. And if it gets destroyed in the tub, so be it. Um, but so I typically, I mean, they're easy to make. I mean, you would just take a screenshot. If you have a high tech device, you just take a screenshot of it and print it out, laminate it. You don't even have to laminate it. You can put it in those like plastic sleeves or just like a Ziploc bag, just make it super simple. Um, and like I've, depending on like what the student's goals are, like I, I mean, in my classroom, it, it's, in, it's literally everywhere in our classroom. It's in every center. It's, we have our, like our giant core board it's in the front, it's in the bathroom, it's on the door, it's in the hallway, it's on my lanyard, it's on the playground, <laughs> like it is literally everywhere. Um, and that kind of serves like two purposes. One, you're exposing them to that language, but also you're giving them access to it where they might not always have it. Because me working with three and four-year-olds, not all of them are seeking it out independently. Um, and I don't expect them to. So just having it, like, again, like same thing in the bathroom, where's the device? Oh, their device is at circle. I'm sitting in the housekeeping center. I'm just going to grab this board and use this right here. Um, and the one thing to keep in mind when you are using both high tech and low tech, make sure it is the same images and the same symbols system and the same um, layout. That's why I say just take a screenshot and then there's no room for error because if you start using like symbol six for this one and then you print out like a free board from Project Core, it might be different and that can alter um, student scanning abilities with the different placement in the motor planning. So just keep it consistent. There, I mean, kids can generalize between the two, but just in the early process, just make it as consistent as possible. It makes sense. And just literally AAC everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, forget your home decor. Forget your oh, yeah. small classroom decor. We're just going to put core boards everywhere. It's, I wish I had, I mean, I have pictures on my Instagram. It's literally just everywhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it because you know what? We are communication-based 
society. I mean, mm -hmm. if you can learn to ask for help. If you can learn independence, if you can learn to communicate your wants and needs, I'm not even talking about, you know, having a, a in-depth critical thinking, you know, conversation. I'm talking about some basics. If we can nail that, right. then we can build to that next level. Well, especially in the community of our classroom, a lot of these kids, it's their first time in school. Sometimes kids come to us with art with devices through Medicaid or private private um, speech, but some, usually it's their first time. So they need to be taught how to be used, how to use it. But they've also need, this is like, this is how they need to be taught how to speak. Just like you would speak. This is their language. And it's really interesting too, because a lot of the times you'll see these kids' anxiety and their behaviors come down. And I always say this all the time, like a lot of times when people get these devices, their initial instinct is, oh, we're going to work on requesting. Well, devices aren't just for requesting. Like it is how they speak. That's how they communicate. So the first thing I usually do is look at feelings because that's usually what they're trying to communicate. I'm mad. I'm happy. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Basic needs being met. I'm tired. I need to go take a nap. And you'll see these, like, just their facial expression. You'll like, we have a kid that might be having, like, a meltdown. And you can just say, I see you're sad. And they'll look at you. They're like, yes, I'm sad. And that's all they wanted was someone to acknowledge their feelings, but they couldn't figure out how to express it. So it really, it really is, like, magical. And then, like, sometimes you'll get these kids that, you know, they come in, they have that skill set already. You just kind of like give them the device and they go bananas on it. And you'll just see these kids that have been literally like trapped in their bodies for like three, four years. And all of a sudden they have this device. And then again, you're like, where's the off button? We're not having a full blown <laughs> conversation about your toys at circle time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's I love really, that. And that's what I think is, um, why I love it so much because you can see that progress and sometimes it takes a long time and I think too that's where people get hung up is because they don't see the student or the child immediately using the device and they're like oh this isn't going to work and that was me when I first did it I was like this isn't going to work she doesn't get it but like give it time and then you see it work it's magic and you're like oh and then you just give them to everybody <laughs> All right. So um, I want to encourage everybody, you know, we talk about this all the time in our master IEP coach mentorship. If you don't know what that is, make sure that you head over to masteriepcoach.com. It's where we're talking in depth about strategies in special education. And um, I help you kind of dig deep into that IEP paperwork. And there is a piece that I want everybody to be aware of that when we're specifically talking about assistive technology, high tech or low tech, there is a section in the IEP for training, for staff supports and training. And parents, you can be included in that training. Any training that a parent needs to help a child achieve an IEP goal, they can 100% be included in. So make sure that you, uh, you know, reach out if you're like, I had no idea that I, you know, we could use this section of training for assistive technology and that we could include parents in that training. Parents, if you need to advocate for yourself to get, you know, included into this training, just make sure that you're reaching out or head over to masteriepcoach.com. All right. I have a question that we didn't prep for. We, we, didn't, we don't really prep for these anyway. We kind of have a conversation. <laughs> so we're like, we're not like just meeting each other for the first time. Um, so let me see. I don't know if you're, if this is going to be a yes or a no, but have you ever um, had a situation where you thought a device was going to work 
And you're just like, no, like we gave it the time, we gave it the good old team effort, we've been consistent. Or have you always found some version of something that has worked? Have you ever had a kid just out and out refuse? Yes, but at the same time, I would, I still stick with it. So like, for instance, I had a kid that, um, you know, he just, he didn't want to attend to the device. He didn't care about it. Nothing like couldn't be bothered with it. And I was, and again, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? This isn't working. This isn't working. But we stuck with it for about two and a half years. And lo and behold, after two and a half years, our friend was pointing at the board. He wasn't necessarily um, pointing in tenfold to like a specific symbol, but he knew I got a point at this thing to make this lady be quiet and get off my back kind of thing. So we started to see that process. And this was, gosh, this is probably my second, third year teaching. So this kid is in like third or fourth grade or something. And I know for a fact, he's now on a high tech robust device going ham on it. Um, so yes, in the sense that like, I was like, I've been like, what are we doing? This isn't going to work. But again, just being patient and trusting the process and like, it can be like a lot because you feel like you're being a dead horse. Like I'm doing this, modeling the same thing over and over every day for like two years, like, and you're not getting it, but you got it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. I love it. I love it. All right. So I want everybody to know that you guys can find Lucy over on Instagram. We'll make sure that uh, I put the link there. She also has some resources available on TPT. So some of the tools that she's created for her own classroom and, and working through figuring out what works and what doesn't work um, best for her environment, those might be helpful to you. So we'll make sure that you are connected to Lucy so you can find those. All right, let's end with some positive encouragement for the parent and teacher who are, um, I'm just going to say they're sad. They're sad themselves because they've been working really hard to help this child develop language. They might've tried to AC, maybe they didn't, maybe their district said no, and there's a funding issue in there. But a lot of times this topic um, brings up a lot of uh, disappointment and frustration and sadness. What are some words of encouragement that you would give to those, uh, that IEP team that's going through that? Um, at the end of the day, this device is made, is through using it to make a more inclusive environment for the student, to have them have access to their peers, their parents, their teachers. It's all about accessibility and inclusion and to be able to, so they can not just express their wants and needs, but to share their thoughts and communicate with others around them. So at the end of the day, it is to make a better quality of life for that student. Um, and there's also, like we touched upon it before, there's an abundance of resources. I think I shared those links with you. If like you're totally lost and like uh, you don't know where to go, um, Project Core is a great resource, free core boards, lots of tons of information. Um, and there's also the Toby Dynavox, which makes a ton of Ogcom devices. Um, Toby Dynavox Professional Resources is like, the mecca of everything. They have like just FAQs and AAC 101, but then they also have like free screening tools and assessments. So if you're an educator, an SLP or a parent and you don't know where to go, like start there. Um, 
That's a perfect and resource. I love it. Toby Dynavox. That's been around forever. Um, I guess yes. people like, you know, I was a teacher 20 <clears throat> some years ago in the classroom <laughs> and uh, we had Toby Dynavox. <laughs> yeah. um, we had that like, wait, like they are, they are definitely, when you say the Mecca of it, I totally got it. Yeah. Yeah. They're the experts pretty yeah. much. And they have like, there's just like, and it's not even just like articles. Like they, they just, there's just so much, there's so many links on that professional resource that, and that they will take you like, like link to other things. And it's just, it has, it's a wealth of knowledge. Um, but even too, with that, like it can be overwhelming. Just remember, like take baby steps. Like when I first started, when I was like doing aided language sim simulation and modeling with students, like when I was talking, I wasn't hitting every word as I was saying it. And that's okay. I was learning with my students. It's, it's just like your students have to learn you have to learn. So don't overthink it and don't get overwhelmed with it. Just take it day by day. Like you're not, Rome wasn't built in the day. Good things take time. <laughs> I love it. Good things take time. On that note, I want everybody to know, again, check out the show notes, find the link so you can connect with Lucy. You can go jump over to masteriepcoach.com and find more advanced training on the IEP process. We'll put some of those links, Toby Dynavox and Project Core in there too. So you can find those super easy. Lucy, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye everyone. We'll talk to you next time.